Good morning. My name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Brook. We are so pleased to have you with us today on behalf of our preaching pastor, the Reverend uh, Jennifer Casey, and our senior pastor, who is finishing two weeks of vacation, uh, the Reverend um, uh, Mary Jo Yackel. It is our pleasure to, worship, to wor welcome you to worship in the name of Christ this day. I have a couple of announcements I'd like to share. Pastor Mary Jo's last Sunday will be June the 20th, and so we're collecting cards and a love offering. Uh, you may simply drop those by the church office, and they will be presented to her then on the 20th. We, we thank you for your help with that. Last week, we said goodbye to Ben Lilly, our, our youth director who'd been here with us for nine years, and so we have a job opening. If that's something you feel called to do or you know of someone, we hope that you'll go online to check out the full the, the job description and the application is online there as well. And just wanted to let you know that we have a new piano that we're using outside. A couple of our families were able to help us uh, with that gift. Uh, the piano we were using, electronic piano, is now being used in the uh, the contemporary service, and so that piano will be used in our choir room, in our outdoor worship, and in sites where we need to take it off-site. And so we want to say and thank God for that very gracious gift. And now uh, we begin our worship uh, as uh, Deborah plays for us our prelude this morning. Deb? I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Thanks for sharing that beautiful prelude with us this morning. And just a reminder to those folks who are watching online, this is a communion Sunday. You may want to take a moment to make sure you have your elements ready for the sacrament later in the service. Our opening prayer today comes from Psalm 25, verses 1 through 5. Will you join me in this prayer? 
To you, O God, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. And God's people said, Amen. Our opening hymn this morning, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. Our singers today, Millie Ryan, Rebecca Weigel. Will you stand as you are able and sing in your hearts as they lead us in song? Let us go now to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, we are so grateful that your word reveals not only truth and wisdom, but the reality of your living presence through Jesus the Christ. Forgive us when we fail to focus on your holy word, when, when we allow our minds just to wander, when we worry rather than worship and pray when we resist the guidance of those who would lead us. Open our eyes of faith, we pray, to see you, to know you, to experience you. As we sing, pray, reflect, particularly as we hear your word. This morning we pray for those not here, whose minds are troubled by some problem, whose bodies are stressed by pain, whose spirits are depressed by events of life. We pray for those who don't want to attend worship, who don't feel connected to the faith community. Stir their hearts and give us a burden for their souls, their, their lives, and their friendship. Across the distance that separates them from us, bring the ministry of our prayers to mend the mind, heal the body, lift the spirit, hear the divisions that separate us. We pray that this week we will be instruments of your grace, of your goodwill. Whether in the heat of the day or the cool of the night when tempers flare and patience is just not to be found, we pray that you will help us to be understanding and forgiving. In times of deep differences that divide, when disagreements dominate and conflicts confound, we pray that you'll help us to be good listeners, to bring down emotional temperatures, creating a climate for agreement and understanding. In times of perplexity over problems when no solutions are in sight, we pray that you'll give us new ways of seeing, bringing us to new ways of responding. As we continue in our worship today, keep us grateful for one another, for the children and youth of Stony Brook, for the ministries of music and outreach and service. 
for the insights of Holy Scripture and for the renewal of strength for the journey as we walk along together with our fellow pilgrims. And this morning we are grateful for all of our fellow United Methodists across West Ohio Annual Conference. Bless the conference as we convene today for worship, work, and virtual fellowship. We pray a special blessing on Pastor Jennifer. We pray that you will bless her with words of wisdom to unlock for us the message of Scripture that you have for each of us this day. We give you the praise and glory for you are great among the heavens, O Lord. We give you the praise and glory for you have freely forgiven our sins. In gratitude, we offer these our prayers and petitions in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen and amen. Melanie and Rebecca sing for us now, Down to the River to Pray. Amen, indeed. Thank you for the gift of music, ladies. Hear now these words of grace from the Acts of the Apostle, chapter 8. I'll be reading verses 26 through 40. Then the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? 
He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak. And starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? O oh God, for the gift of your ancient word, we give you thanks. Open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear the message you have for us today. Amen. When I first began sharing about my call to ministry, people were really curious about my children's reaction to this news. The reality was the kids didn't have too much to say about it. At ages 9 and 11, they were mostly concerned with how things were going to affect them. Mainly, how long were they going to have to sit through one of mom's sermons? This prompted my 9- and 11-year-old to supply me with some preaching advice. Austin's main concern was with the potential length of any future sermons that I preached. Mom, he said, your sermons need to be short. All you really need to say is, you love God, God loves you, amen. Taylor's concern, on the other hand, centered around my ability to be engaging. Mom, she said, you're really going to have to learn how to be funny. My takeaway from the advice both of my children gave me was that what they were really looking for in a preacher was a stand-up comedian with a short comedy routine. While I'm certain that my kids are not alone in their idea of an ideal preacher, it just doesn't quite hit all of the buttons necessary for a sermon. While I certainly don't mind short, and I always appreciate humor, it is the preacher whose sermons tap into my head and my heart, which really leave an impression on me. It's a way to bring about the scriptural story to life by having it hit both emotion and intellect. If the scriptures aren't brought to life, we miss out on the beauty, the creativity, the importance, the impact, and the life-giving messages contained throughout the Bible. We end up just studying a piece of literature. The scriptures are so much more than something to just study. There's something to live. They're filled with history and poetry and narrative. They're filled with metaphors and all the good things that make a compelling story. Betrayal, intrigue, deceit, romance, and mystery, to name a few. The scriptures are filled with the reality of what it means to be a human. The scriptures are filled with the reality that the God who created us loves us, 
and is with us all the time, no matter what. You love God. God loves you. Today's scripture is one of those stories when read by itself is interesting, it's compelling, and it's exciting. Enough, all on its own. But read it in context with the rest of the story from the Acts of the Apostles, and the message gets amplified. So today, we're going to take a look at the story in the context of what was happening before and after Philip baptizes this Ethiopian. As the early apostles began to preach and teach the gospel message of life available through Jesus, it got the religious authorities uncomfortable, to say the least. This led to arrests because those who were challenging the status quo and had unorthodox beliefs bristled those in power. The latest arrest right before today's story was Stephen. And when he was questioned by the religious authorities, Stephen called out their hypocrisy and was stoned to death, all at the approval of Saul. Saul had initiated a terror campaign against the early Christians, wanting to eradicate their wild claims and harmful message. He had them arrested, jailed, and sentenced to death. This scattered people all about, and they moved into unknown territories. Philip ended up in Samaria. Now, this is odd because the Jews and the Samarians weren't exactly friendly with one another. I guess fear and desperation can drive one to unlikely places. And it's with this backdrop that we find Philip on the road in unknown, unfamiliar, uncomfortable territory, intersecting with a man from Ethiopia, a foreigner, a stranger, and in many ways, an undesirable from the ends of the earth. Have you ever noticed how many journey stories there are throughout the Bible? Do you ever pay attention to the ways that you tell your own journey story? Several years ago, as I was preparing for a sermon, I was thinking about my brother, Jeff. And as I have a tendency to do, I often flush out ideas while I'm running. On that day, I thought about the ways that I describe the loss of Jeff in my life. For almost 25 years, it's gone something like this. Jeff was diagnosed with malignant melanoma at age 21. He died at age 23. He had just graduated from Ohio State in elementary education. He managed to finish his degree while undergoing chemotherapy and brain radiation. He died two days before I turned 25 and we buried him on my 25th birthday. I have no idea why my brain thought that it was important to include all of those numbers in that story. Perhaps it was a way to help me make sense of something that simply doesn't make sense. Anyway, as I was running, I was thinking about this narrative that I've told over and over and over again throughout the years. When it hit me, my brother died. We buried my brother on my birthday. Yes, I know I've already included that in the story, but up until that point, I had been so focused on myself that I had never for once, never once considered what it might have been like for my parents to bury one child on the same day as another child's birthday. Odd. So odd and disconcerting this was for me that I had never considered this before that I literally stopped in my tracks while running. Sometimes it takes a long time to notice things around us. 
Philip, following the direction of the Holy Spirit, gets up and goes where the Spirit tells him to go. And it is here that he meets a man who is presumably from a wealthy family. Scholars believe this to be so since he is reading from a scroll, no less. Those weren't exactly something that every household owned. He also held an important job, caring for the money of the queen. On paper, he appears to be someone desirable. And yet, before an age where he could make decisions for himself, the decision was made for him that his body would be altered and this would be his life's vocation, rendering him socially undesirable. How long do you think it took for someone to notice this man? As Philip approaches the chariot, he hears the man reading the scripture aloud and he inquires if he understands it. The man replies, how can I unless someone guides me? Philip is invited into the chariot where they have a conversation about God, about Jesus, and about the Holy Spirit. Don't you wish you were there to hear the conversation? What exactly did Philip say about Jesus? How did he describe a resurrected life? Was the man promised that in God's world it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, or how you are perceived? Did he let him know that Jesus really sees him, the full man, the man God created? Perhaps he told him that belief in the Messiah didn't mean that life would be easy, but it did mean that life would be filled with meaning, with connection with community. Did Philip let him know that he is loved deeply by God? What exactly did Philip say about Jesus? What do you say about Jesus? What about Jesus do you find compelling? Why have you committed your life to following him? What is it about Jesus that gives you life? What does resurrection look like for you? While we don't know exactly what Philip said, we do know that something transformational happened in that chariot. As they just happened to pass by water in the desert, the eunuch asks to be baptized. His journey includes being brought into the family of Christ. A spirit-led life often results in wild and unexpected experiences along the journey. A spirit-led life often results in odd and surprising revelations. A spirit-led life often results in new, meeting new, interesting, and compelling people. And a spirit-led life always results in true transformation. Transformation is the process where God makes us whole. It is the process of bringing awareness to us how we were designed to reflect God in this world. This is something that the world very easily distorts for us. But hear this part of the good news of Jesus. You were created specially to share God with the world. You were designed to love you were created in love. You love God, I hope, because I know that God loves you. My brother died, and it's been 25 years ago this July. My son turned 21 yesterday. It is not lost on me that my son is the same age my brother was, when he was diagnosed with cancer. Like my brother, up until he took his last breath, my son, Austin Jeffrey, lives life fully. He's all in. Humor, energy, 
mischief. God did not create us to live mundane, mediocre lives. God did not create us to just get by. God did not create us to just go through the motions. God created us to live. God created us to be filled with joy even when life is hard. God created us to be filled with thanksgiving even when it seems there's nothing to be thankful for. God created us to reflect God's love in the world and to rejoice while doing so. Interested in knowing what happens after the Ethiopian is baptized by Philip? Well, Jesus meets Saul, as Saul is on the road to Damascus. Saul the persecutor, Saul's life is forever changed after meeting Jesus. Saul is transformed into Paul. God told Paul to get up, to move, to go, and to build the church. And you know what? Paul did. God says to live, my friends. May you find the courage to get up and go live life fully, with meaning, with love. Go be Jesus for the world because God knows the world needs it. You love God and God loves you. Amen. As we move to the table of grace, we are reminded that Jesus is our host. And because Jesus is our host, all are invited to receive these gifts of grace. You do not need to be a member of this church or any church to receive the communion elements today. When it comes time to receive the elements, know that your communion pack is a two-part opening process. The top part, the cellophane, will get you to your wafer. The next part, the foil, will get you to your your juice. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away, our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall run down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ Christ has died. Christ Christ is risen. risen. Christ Christ will will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of the ways we have gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us join our voices together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the bread of life which has been given for you. Take and receive this gift of grace with thanksgiving in your heart. This is the cup of salvation which has been poured out for you. Take Receive this gift of grace with thanksgiving in your heart. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for these gifts of grace that you have provided to us. Thank you for drawing us closer to you, to nourishing us with your love, so that we may be your hands and feet in this world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. Amen. I would invite you, as you are able, to rise as we are led in our closing hymn.
Miss Kristen, our Director of Children's Ministries, has let us know that Vacation Bible School registration is already closed for the week of June 21st. The reason it's closed is because we've had so many children sign up to be a part of and participate in this ministry of Stony Brook. Today we give thanks for the ways that your faithful giving over the past year has helped us be able to continue to provide vital ministries that reach out into our community and nourish and encourage our youngest disciples. So thank you for the ways that you offer yourselves through Stony Brook Church. Now, it's not too late if you want to get in on the fun during Vacation Bible School Week because Miss Kristen has indicated she's still looking for some adult volunteers to help guide the preschoolers throughout the week. So if you feel uh, like you're being called to do that this year, I'd invite you to reach out to Miss Kristen or you can call the church office and we will get you connected. As always, you can drop your offering in one of the baskets on the way out, or you can give uh, through our website, stonybrook.church give, or you can mail in your offering directly to the church office. We thank you for the ways that you continue to offer yourselves through Stony Brook Church. I would uh, invite you to remain seated after the benediction as the ushers will dismiss you. Pastor Bob and I are going to uh, make our way out to the parking lot, and so if you end up outside, we will be sure to greet you on your way to your car this morning. I'd invite you to join me as we say together our benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go in peace, my friends. Amen. Amen.